Hello, Monetization Nation. Welcome back to another episode with Roger Dooley. In the first episode, we discussed Roger's career and how he monetized his business college confidential. We also talked about diversified revenue streams. In today's episode, we're going to discuss why we need to reduce friction for our customers and employees and strategies to help us do that. Let's start off with the why behind it. Why is it so important for businesses to reduce friction in their customer journeys? I would cite the work of uh, Stanford behavior design expert, BJ Fogg, uh, who is creator of the similarly named Fogg behavior model uh, that says you need three things to create or change a behavior. Uh, and in the case of businesses, that could be getting a customer to place an order. Uh, or doing any other action you want that customer to do, even perhaps even giving up their information to get on your mailing list. Uh, you need motivation. The person has to want to do the behavior uh, or want the result of doing the behavior. There has to be uh, a trigger, or as he now calls it, a prompt, uh, something to get the ball rolling. So it might be a pop-up ad, a search ad, uh, a sales call, a phone call, something to get, to get things moving, even just a very visible call to action on a web page. Uh, and then finally, there has to be what Fogg calls ability. Uh, ability means lack of effort, not too difficult to do, not too time consuming, not too effortful. Uh, because, and he has, uh, for his model, he's got this sort of uh, curve uh, that is not really a quantitative calculation type curve, uh, but an illustration that uh, if you've got enough motivation and uh, enough ability, that is a, a lack of difficulty, when you get that prompt, then the behavior will occur. Uh, if you don't have enough motivation or it is too difficult, it won't occur. And the uh, distinction that I make is, he makes as well, uh, is that motivation, particularly if you're talking about getting customers to do stuff like place orders, uh, can be expensive. You know, I guarantee you, uh, if you say, today we've got a 25% discount on everything we sell, you're going to get more orders. But that's going to be very expensive. Uh, even if you do something like, say, give away free shipping, if you normally charge for shipping, that gets orders. I know when I was in the mail order business, I could reliably uh, create probably a 15, 20% uptick in orders uh, if I did a free shipping offer for a limited time. And it works, but that costs money. Uh, at the time, most mail order companies, uh, if they did not have shipping charges, would have been in the red. So uh, what BJ and I both recommend is uh, focusing instead on ability. When you make things easier to do, when you reduce friction, uh, you will get people to do them. Uh, Jeff Bezos, I said I stole his quote earlier without citing it, uh, but uh, he says, when you reduce friction, when you make something easier, people do more of it. Uh, and that means place more orders. It means watch more Prime videos, listen to more Prime music. Uh, everything is geared to making it easier. And, uh, you know, they've done other uh, kinds of innovation. Frustration-free packaging. You know, something that I still encounter all the time, regardless of where I buy my stuff, whether it's in the store or online, are packages uh, that are very difficult to open. Uh, these uh, heat-sealed blister packs, you can't get them open with your bare hands. Uh, you need... Uh, some kind of sharp implement, uh, you know, scissors, knives, machetes to get them open. Uh, you risk personal injury, if not with a sharp implement, then with some plastic shard going into your finger. Uh, these things are horrible. 
Uh, ironically, uh, I bought some shears. I wore out, I had these set of kitchen shears that I used for opening these packages. I wore them out and I got a new set. It was a nice piece of German cutlery, very high quality shears. Uh, they came in a package. It was one of these blister packs heat sealed. Not only that, the shears were secured with an industrial strength cable tie to the package. I had to go into the garage and get a pair of wire cutters to cut that cable tie uh, and then shears to uh, cut the package open so I could get my new shears. Uh, Amazon saw this uh, back, boy, uh, it was probably a dozen years ago. They said, okay, let's do this. Let's have frustration-free packaging. Simple cardboard boxes you can open with your bare hands. They're better for the environment with all of that plastic that gets thrown away. Uh, there's no risk of personal injury. And guess what? People liked it better. And here is the crazy thing, Nathan. Not only did people like the packaging better, they liked the products better. Products packaged that way had a 73% reduction in negative feedback. Uh, you know, it's things like this, even making returns easy. You know, anybody who's in the physical product business hates returns. Returns are expensive. They drive you crazy. They waste your time. Often they aren't saleable, so you end up discarding them, losing money on them. You can't push them back to the vendor. Uh, and so many companies discourage returns. They make it a high friction process. Uh, you've got to request the return in a very tight window. You've got to, it's got to be in saleable condition. You have to have every part, every label, and so on and so on. Uh, Amazon makes it super easy. Uh, you know, if you need to return it, you can get your return authorization in a few seconds online. Uh, if you discarded your packaging, you can take that bare product into a Whole Foods, into a Kohl's, into uh, UPS, uh, with just your phone uh, and they will scan that mobile code and pack it up for you and ship it back to Amazon free of charge. You know, is this expensive for Amazon? Hell yes, it is expensive. That costs them a ton of money. Uh, when they do that, they just lost money on that order almost every time, I can guarantee it. But they know that by making it easy, they are building customer loyalty. Yeah, that's right. So we choose them over others. Okay, so if, if, uh, if I had hired you as a consultant and you are giving me advice of the top five, your top five strategies for how to reduce friction in my business. What, what are those five strategies you would share? Wow, I'm not sure if I've got five separate strategies. That, what I think, uh, every, every business, but I will, I will address that in a little bit different way. It could way. be three, it could be whatever. Right, well, it, well, 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 what I'm gonna do is focus on uh, two areas and how you can identify uh, various ways to reduce friction in those areas. The first of all is the customer experience. Uh, and one thing that you can do uh, is capture information uh, that is customer effort score or something like customer effort score. Customer effort score is a product like Net Promoter Score is, but you don't necessarily have to buy that product. Uh, but much like Net Promoter Score, you ask people uh, how easy or difficult it was to say place the order if they just placed an order. And uh, depending on where they fall on that scale, you can see uh, how uh, difficult it was for them. And the important thing there is it measures not their absolute effort. It measures their perception of effort because it's their perception that counts. Uh, you know, they are not comparing you to your direct competitors. They're comparing you to how easy it is at Amazon, at Uber. And if you are putting them through more effort, then it's a high effort process. So the simple uh, you know, like one to 10 rating uh, will help you understand whether customers see you as being high effort. Uh, then, of course, you can measure actual effort in a variety of ways. These days, we have so many analytic tools available to us. 
Uh, we can measure uh, how many, how much time people spent in different parts of the process, uh, how much, where people bailed out of the process. They get to the uh, third step in completing an order and 20% stop there. Okay, what's stopping them? You know, are they uncertain about what's happening next? Do they suddenly see they've got to fill in this whole list of uh, form uh, fields that looks intimidating? Uh, you know, find the friction that way. Uh, and then uh, just one other I'll throw out on that aspect of it is uh, try click tracking. Click tracking is a very cheap, you can probably find some click tracking, click tracking tools for free uh, that will see where people are clicking on your website or your mobile app. And uh, I can almost guarantee if you are not doing this now, you will find that people are clicking on stuff that is not meant to be clickable. Uh, you know, there's an image there, uh, some, you know, square circle, and people are clicking on it. And you go to your web designer, your app designer, and say, hey, people are clicking on this thing. And they're likely to say, that's because our customers are stupid. That is clearly not something that's meant to be clicked on. Uh, and my response to that is, no. Uh, look at this hotspot here. Uh, this isn't one isolated click. Multiple people are clicking on this thing. That means it's not our customers that are stupid. It's your design that is stupid. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so you can learn a lot that way. Now, the, the second area uh, that hold, I think Hold on is, real quick before you go to the second sure, area. Sure, yeah. I have a quick example on that. So we built a site for an organization recently, and we had that happen. We had a list of benefits on one section of the site, and there was one or two benefits on this list that lots of people were clicking on. And so we learned several things from that. Number one, we learned which benefits were most important. And number two, we learned they were wanting to learn more about that benefit, or they were wanting to receive that specific benefit. And so we made that benefit clickable and made them go to a place where they could receive that benefit they were looking for. It, it does well, matter. That is brilliant, Nathan, because you learned multiple things there. Not only do you learn that people are clicking on stuff that really you didn't intend them to click on, but you saw what was important to them. Uh, and I think that's a great lesson. Uh, I might uh, steal that from my DU idea with full credit, of course, but uh, <laughs> and that's, that's such a uh, good example of how a very simple, inexpensive metric uh, can lead you to key customer insights. Uh, but the second area I think the businesses can focus on uh, is employee effort and employee friction. And I'm not talking about friction between employees and each other or friction between employees and managers. That's, that's a different kind of interpersonal friction that uh, I don't talk about. But uh, what I think is important is where you are wasting your employees' time and effort. Uh, Often it's because you don't trust your employees. One time, uh, some employee did something incorrectly or they did something that was not right. And so now you put procedures in place. Usually, uh, whether they're customer processes or employee processes, they were created because of a problem. And some managers said, okay, we wanna be sure that that doesn't happen again. So we're gonna do this thing now. Uh, you know, it's because uh, this person, uh, did something wrong in their expense report. Uh, now we've got this uh, other uh, verification step and a limit in there that's gonna do, uh, ensure that that doesn't happen. Uh, but what that does is now uh, create extra work for every employee that has to deal with it. Uh, it's one example in my friction book, uh, it's a personal example. Uh, when I was working for this big uh, giant company, uh, I was briefly, once again, a corporate employee, uh, which uh, was an uncommon situation for me for the last few decades, uh, but it was okay. I had to do expense reports. And even though uh, I was at a, a VP level with the company, 
uh, I was required to attach a receipt for every single expense that I incurred that I wanted to be reimbursed. So when I came back from a trip, I would have this little wad of pieces of paper uh, that I would staple to my paper expense report. Uh, if I wanted to get reimbursed for that cup of coffee I bought at the airport, otherwise couldn't do it. Uh, and uh, yeah, to me, that was kind of uh, ridiculous, but uh, I figured probably nobody looks at that stuff anyway. One time, apparently, somehow between uh, recording the expense and stapling that pile of paper, uh, I lost a $2 coffee receipt. Somebody in accounting bounced the report back telling me that uh, I needed to either find the receipt or remove the expense. And so, so not only were they wasting my time, uh, people in the home office were wasting a lot of time going through these. Then they improved the process, and this is so typical of corporations, Nathan. They improved the process by saying, oh, well, uh, now uh, we have a new electronic process. You can really take a photo of your expense, or you can put all your uh, receipts on a scanner uh, and scan them. Uh, and then you can identify which line item on your expense report they go to. And oh, by the way, you can also flag the account uh, number uh, and the job number to which these apply, uh, where now suddenly uh, you've got people like me who I don't understand how the account numbering system works. Uh, I just want to get my cup of coffee paid for it. I got to figure out, okay, does, is there a job number on this? Uh, what's the account number? Uh, you know, that was an internal training thing. Does that go towards, you know, it's like, who knows? Uh, and so what they did was their labor saving effort ultimately pushed even more work uh, onto the poor people that were dealing with this, where other companies uh, don't do that. They have very simple limits. Uh, I think uh, Reed Hastings and uh, Netflix wrote a great book, uh, no, co-wrote it, uh, No Rules, Rules. Basically, they say, okay, uh, we expect you to uh, submit reasonable expenses uh, that are in the best interest of the business, period. You know, so if you took a client out for an expensive dinner, and that was really in the interest of the business, fine. You know, uh, if you took your girlfriend out for an expensive dinner, uh, then you really shouldn't be doing that. And it, probably if uh, somebody notices that, <laughs> uh, you will be dealt with appropriately. Uh, but they don't establish all these rules. They make it very simple and easy and effortless for their people uh, and for their uh, internal people, their accounting people as well. Uh, but because businesses lack trust in their employees, uh, whether it is malfeasance or just that, well, you know, one guy recorded this incorrectly, so now we're going to have this other process to make sure that nobody ever records it incorrectly again. Uh, it creates extra work for them. Uh, so you, uh, one way of finding these things is to ask people who work in the company, uh, what one rule drives you crazy? That's, you know, or what one rule wastes most of your time? Uh, and uh, different people look at this different ways. I think... Uh, uh, Tom Peters, a uh, management guru for decades and decades, uh, uh, says uh, uh, you should have a uh, Mickey Mouse meeting where people identify Mickey Mouse processes and rules. Uh, Lisa Bodell, who wrote a great book, uh, Why Simplicity Wins, uh, says you should have uh, a you know, stupid rule suggestion where each employee submits uh, what they think is a stupid rule. And regardless of your approach to this, when people, they know where they're wasting their time and it's not necessary. Like if, the, if you're asking them to do something, but they realize you're asking them to do that because it's important uh, that that be done correctly. And they know that people make mistakes doing this. They're not going to push back on that. They're going to push back only if they think it's really dumb. Thank you so much, Roger, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways for this episode. 
Number one, when we reduce friction and make something easier, people tend to do more of it. Number two, we can use a customer effort score to see if our customers think it's easy to do things such as place an order with our business. Number three, we can use analytics tools to find friction in our process and eliminate those points of friction. Number four, click tracking is a great way to learn where our customers are clicking and then utilize that information to their benefit as well as ours. Through click tracking, we can help them find things easier and learn about what is important to them. And number five, if we can eliminate unnecessary rules, our employees will feel more satisfied with their work. When we listen to our employees, it can build loyalty in the company. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to learn more about Roger, you can find him on LinkedIn. You can visit his website, rogerdooley.com, or check out his books, Friction and Brainfluence. And there's links to each of those sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can also get a free copy of my ebook about passion marketing at passionmarketing.com and learn how you can become a top priority of your ideal customers. You can also subscribe for free to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me for this episode, and I wish you success as you seek to reduce friction and increase the success of your business. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.